Hey guys, this is Mason Bush with Code Hunting University Podcast. Welcome to the show. Code Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHU Podcast at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great, affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. Morning, everybody. It's Mason Bush with Coon Hunting University Podcast. This is night one of the PKC World Hunt. I'm sitting here with my friend and co-host, Eddie Simmons. How you doing, Eddie? Doing good, buddy. Blessed to be here. Me and Eddie uh, got this one lined up. We're going to sit down with David Dow. And Eddie knows a lot more about David, so I'm going to give him more of the reins. So how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thank you. I'm going to start out, David. Just uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm just, I'm just an old-fashioned coon hunter. Growed up in the 60s and the 70s. Coon hunting's been in my blood my whole life. Uh... I own a heating and air company that me and my wife started 25 years ago. Uh, Coon hunting's been in my blood, like I said, my whole life. Uh, That's about all I really can say about myself. Well, uh, Dow, in your memories, when you first started coon hunting, pleasure hunting, how how did that come about? Uh, back in the day, you got to figure back in the 60s, it was a way of life. Uh, my father coon hunted, my uncles coon hunted, my brother coon hunted. Uh, we made a living off of, off of hides and stuff. You know, times were rough growing up. Uh, like a lot of folks back in the day, you know, it was, times were tough. I mean, I grew up without running water. We didn't have, you know, water in the house. and. I had parents that loved me, but we didn't have a lot. So, you know, coon hunting was just a, a way of life. Not only was it a pastime or something you enjoyed, it was for groceries. It was for food then, I guess, to make a living. Yep, exactly. Uh, how long was you a pleasure hunter uh, before you ever got the urge or heard about competition hunting? My first competition hunt was probably back in 74, 75. So, you know, I probably pleasure hunted for better than 10 years before I went into competition. When you started competition hunting, did it take you a long time to win? Uh, Did it take you a while to figure out what kind of dog would win? Or how long did it take you to win a cast? It's been so long, Eddie, I can't exactly remember. Yes, it did take a while because you got to figure back in that days there all you had was UKC and ACHA back back at that point in time. And there was some pretty stiff competition and those guys took it pretty serious. 
do you remember the first famous coon hunter you ever some of them or any of the famous coon hunters uh that's a long time ago that you got to hunt with or any famous dogs you got to hunt with yeah i got to i got to hunt uh, probably the first one that I met really was in the ACHA era. Uh, I drew Frankie Dukes, you know, uh, hunted with him, Russ Beller, you know. Uh, in later years, I would hunt for Russ a little bit. Uh, but Mr. J.C. Ellis, you know, uh, my memories of Mr. J.C. goes back many years, back in the 70s, you know. Uh, uh, Mr. James Love, same way. You Did know. you say Mr. James Love? Mr. James Love. <laughs> okay. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> oh, he talks about you being a student, and he's got hopes that one day uh, you'll get 100 on the scorecard of finding coons and knowing the rules. I said, Love, he's doing real well. And Love said he's a work in progress. <laughs> I'll, give him a little, I'll give him a little slack this time. Well, me and you've talked before about the ACHA World Hunt around 1985 over there at Flora. Uh, what was that like? And uh, I, I want to say heyday of ACHA was about then. You told me how many cast and uh, what was that kind of like, Dal? Oh, it was it, honestly, it was amazing. There was, I think they put in over 600 dogs in the woods in one night. I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but it was well over 600 in one night. Uh, I had actually went and camped the night before, slept in a tent, or tried to sleep in a tent. Uh, the excitement was so great, you couldn't sleep anyway, but dogs barking and people everywhere. Uh, but it, it was an amazing event, probably one of the first big ones that I'd ever been to, uh, that, that magnitude. And uh, did you tell me Clayton was involved, which is Dow's brother, Clayton, was involved in uh, trying to get the guides for that hunt? Yeah, Clayton, Clayton was a member of Flora. It was him and uh, a guy named Frankie Maddox. Frankie, I believe, was the club president at that point in time. Uh, and Frankie's been around for years. Mr. J.C. Ellis bought dogs off of him and stuff like that for years. Getting a little ahead of myself, did you ever think at one time during that that you would be in charge of getting guides for world championships? No, that, that, <laughs> that wasn't on my list of... Uh, the things that that I had anticipated in life. David, I want to roll back a little bit. Uh, you, you talking about growing up uh, as a hunter and having to help provide food. Did, uh, did your dad or maybe your grandpa or anybody uh, come hunt? Is that what kind of got you going? Yeah, my, my dad uh, coon hunted, my grandpa, my uncles. I mean, like I said, it was just a way of life. Uh, Dow, speaking about Flora Club, I mean, in the heyday, that had to be one of the biggest clubs. And I've heard a lot about black and tan days. Uh, Miss Umpers told me that was the first coon hunt she had ever went to with Jarvis. And best of my knowledge, her first one was in 1960. Her and Jarvis were at black and tan days. But she told me they would come in and camp a week ahead of time, people and stuff. So anyhow, when you saw it, what did you think about that? Oh, Black and Tan Days was amazing over at Flora. That was one of their bigger events other than when the ACHA was there. But, uh, yeah, I met Mr. Jarvis Humpers probably for the first time over there in the UKC days back in the 70s. He, I, to my knowledge, I don't think he missed a Black and Tan Days up till toward his later years in life. Uh, he always wanted to be there. Uh, Mr. Jarvis, Tam Young was always there. Uh, you know, a lot of legends in the sport. Absolutely. Well, uh, 
when you moved along from hunting in UKC and ACHA, uh, when you got into PKC, what, what made you want to hunt in PKC and what made you uh, choose that as the club you were going to spend many years and miles in? It's, it's like everything else. I guess uh, you get your first taste of something. Uh, at that point in time, you was getting tired of winning a, a trophy. You know, the trophy ain't gonna pay the bills like the money was and, and PKC and the prestige of the dogs that was out there that you was going against. Uh, and it just clicked that that's, that's something I want to be a part of and hunt for, you know, to be with. If you were guessing, uh, what year do you think you joined Dow? I started back in the PCA days. Uh, it, it was the early 80s, you know, when I was there. And then it, I believe you remember this, Eddie, they lost some numbers. Uh, I believe my date now says 86, but it, it was the early 80s, you know, when I was there. Absolutely. I know that, uh, like, I really joined in 83, but uh, like Tater explained, you know, they didn't have computers back then, and right. they didn't keep up with winnings back then, or uh, just things got away that uh, he wished wouldn't have when they made the transfer over to uh, – computers and I'll be honest I wished it wouldn't have got away either but there's nothing we can do about that but I'd like to mention something Dal and I'm, I'm not bragging on you but just to, to let people know that uh, who we're talking to here maybe they've seen a picture or something but David Dow he won the 2008 pup shootout truck he won the truck in 2008 with rain and then 2009 Dow you won the uh, pup shootout again back to back with another dog Melvin I know you kind of liked old Melvin he's in the top 100 handlers of open events in PKC history he's in the top 100 handlers of all events in PKC history you've made the final six of the PKC world championship in 2014 hunting a dog you and the two-time world champion David Luckett owned you won black and tan days hunting a dog for the legend of our sport Mr. Jarvis Umpers and I'm telling you to win black and tan days with a dog owned by Jarvis Umpers, big deal. You've been in the final four of the AKC World Championship. For the last few years, you've been chosen as panel member on some of the biggest hunts in PKC history. And I've always, I like that word chosen. And I think anyone that's chosen to be a panel member or judge on an event like that, uh, knowledge of the rules, fairness, and honesty is uh some of the biggest uh, boxes that have to be checked and for anybody that knows David Dow uh, those boxes are checked he's a member of the PKC Hall of Fame and was inducted by Mr. Jarvis Umpers he's the man that handed him the plaque and uh, for us coon hunters especially us old ones uh, that's a that's a real big deal there uh, and if you've ever been to the PKC World Championship uh, Dow's got a team uh, but the bottom line, Dow works with uh, Salem. He works with the landowners. Uh, that'd be the city of Salem, which has a great relationship with coon hunters. It's, it's a welcoming mat every time you come here. But Dow works with the coon hunters. He works with the Game and Fish Commission, the landowners, uh, PKC, individual people. And uh, I'll ask him in a little bit about uh, how many 
cast as our record that he's uh, sent to the woods up here. It's a bunch. But that's who David Dowell is. And, I mean, uh, he's not a one-man team. I mean, there's Vern that's always helped him, Clayton, Shane. Uh, I mean, there's so many people that I'll forget their names. Uh, but uh, now your cousin's just pretty much helping you so much. And uh, it's just amazing. Okay. I'm I'm done for a while. This is Dow's story, but uh, I, I don't mind bragging on my buddy if he's not there. But I'll go ahead today. That's a that's a super impressive list. Uh, out of all them accomplishments, David, uh, which which one really stands out the most and means the most to you out of all them cast or all them wins? All of them were special. Uh, I would have to say the both trail counts were special. Probably above all, uh, I'm like everybody else, you know, always wanted the world title. Come close several times, but just couldn't get it. Uh, Eddie knows what that feels like, but not a lot of us do, you know. Uh, but that's that's the goal in life when you're competition coon hunting is to be a world champion. Uh, but I wouldn't trade none of my wins that I have you know, for it, because they're all special on their own right. Yoder Nylon has long been known for producing the highest quality briar-proof products on the market. Now they've formed a partnership with Razor Hunting Gear to produce all Razor's new hunting products. Razor has a wide selection of products from competition belts, chest rigs, strap vests, to hunting jackets. These products look as well as they perform. Razor Hunting Gear, designed by coon hunters for coon hunters. Razor Hunting Gear's newest products are now available for order. You can find a link in the description box below. Do you remember any of the, the details as far as that, the truck hunts go, as far as who you drew out with in each round, or maybe uh, how, how the final round went? The one that I won with Melvin was really special because the week previous, I was at the AKC World Hunt, made the final four, made the final cast, and by misfortune, got scratched and got four 20 minutes into the cast. Uh, my good friend Shane Green was in the cast. He eventually won won the world championship down there in uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. The following week, we had the truck hunt, and it just so happens that I draw Shane in the final cast again. Uh, Scott Engel was in the cast with Mojo. Uh, Shane Green and with Tramp. And I believe there was a young boy there from Mississippi, if I ain't mistaken. Eddie might be able to remember that. That was, that was a young boy from Mississippi or Louisiana. Uh, I believe his youth hunter was in the cast. But to make a long story short, Melvin put on a show. He, I, I believe he treated three singles and nobody else treated him. That's a beat down. You and old Melvin, y'all kind of was a good team, wasn't you, Dal? Yeah, he, he was pretty special. He died at your house, didn't he? He was 16 years old. Uh, between you and Mary, I'd say uh, from the day he got there, he was well babied and taken care of, and I know that uh, he was one of your special ones. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Melvin will always, always have a place in my heart. I know uh, everybody says Shane's your, your right-hand man. How, how did that uh, relationship come about? And he, He's handled some dogs for you over the years. Uh, how did, oh, how did Shane, you... Shane is like a son to me. Uh, Shane's dad, Radar Patton, uh, was a super, super guy. I've known, I've known Shane's dad and Shane for many years now. Uh, and when Shane's dad passed away, I, I just figured I'd step up and, you know, give him the opportunity. Uh, and, it, and it was good. We, I, I razzed Shane a lot over the years, and a lot of people's heard me razz him. Uh, but it, he knows that I love him. Well, he's a good one. I've always, uh, from the first time you meet Shane to that smile he's got and that story he tells, and that's another one there, uh, you know, that honesty factor, that fair factor, and uh, knowing what's going on. He's he's a special one. He really is. Yes, he is. Now, uh, like Mason said, we're starting the first night of the World Championship tonight. Would you tell us how... Uh, in your memory, and I know me and you getting a little older, but how PKC wind up uh, coming to this part of the country, and I, I best of my knowledge, Larry was uh, Larry Meeks, Mr. Larry Meeks was the owner back then. So if you don't mind, tell us tell us a little bit about the history of how PKC wound up here. Well, we'd had <clears throat> we'd had the national championship. Uh, a lot of people may not remember the futurity. We had the futurity here when it was getting toward the end. Uh, here at Salem. So we was capable of putting on a hunt at the magnitude of the world hunt. Maybe we didn't know what was involved then. Uh, when the ice storm hit Mayfield, Kentucky, and all down through the south back, I'm losing track of time, 13, 14 years ago yes, when it happened. Time. They came to me and asked if we thought we could handle it up here. And it, it was a lot of work at the time because we really didn't know what we was in for. Uh, and if nobody's ever put a hunt on of this magnitude, they really don't realize what it is. There's a lot of preparation before and after that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, but. Basically, we, we had already put on a lot of hunts, just not of that magnitude. Uh, when it first come up here, I mean, what was a, just, a, say, a Monday night? How many casts did you have to have on a Monday night? Just guessing, Dal. We're, we're usually in the 80, 80 to 90 range cast. Uh, last year was, you know, an exceptional year. We set records, or almost, I believe, last year was one of the biggest ever. Uh, we was over a hundred cast uh, almost every night last year, so you're you're dealing with a ninety to hundred guide network is what you're dealing with. That's amazing. I mean, uh, I understand the responsibility and accountability and of like I said, landowners and the Game and Fish Commission and PKC, and uh, I mean the list goes on. But uh, y'all have worked hard to give coon hunters like me i live 10 uh, 10 hours from here but i enjoy it so much and y'all have always been prepared and always ready and uh y'all done an excellent job now thank you 
people that don't really realize that that's that's three to four hundred dogs within maybe a that's less than a hundred mile radius you're putting in the woods every night that is that's that's amazing I, I couldn't imagine having to be the one over all that and be responsible for that. So hats off to you, David. Thank you. Dal, I want to back up a little bit. Uh, down home, I was had some age on me before I ever seen a keep out, uh, no hunting sign. Uh, checking back on your memory, uh, when do you remember seeing your first uh keep out posted sign and and where we at on that now i know we're running out of places to have hunts and stuff like that talk about that a little now it was it's probably back in the early 2000s maybe when when first started seeing posted signs i meant growing up you could pretty much hunt anywhere you wanted uh it was a way of life for a lot of people and nobody cared they knew you wasn't out there harming anything uh not a knock on the deer hunters. That's their sport just like this is our sport. Uh, but a lot of the deer hunting has affected the coon hunting uh, on a matter of where we go. You know, it's, it's just a way of life. It's just something we have to deal with and it's getting harder and harder every year. And I'd say uh, back in the day, one person or one family owned a lot of land and now it just seems like uh, when an older family member or uh, the land gets split up and you got a couple that uh, doesn't mind and you might have one that does mind and I know that causes trouble. Well you got to figure the population is has grown substantial compared to what it was when we was younger you know so you got a lot of the city folk that's moved out and not a knock against city folk, but they've moved out to the country and want to make it city. Want, yeah, want to make it city is what it boils down to. I know as a uh, panel member on some of the largest hunts, uh, you've seen some outstanding dog works and handlers. Would you touch on maybe some of your favorite uh, cast to be on Dow and maybe some of your favorite dog work? And I know you're not picking. Uh, any special person or dog, but just some of the, the hunts that you stick out? Honestly, all of them, it's a privilege and an honor to be out there to start with. You know, I've seen a lot of world champions, national champions, super stake champions, truck champions. I've seen all of them crowned, and it's an honor just to be out there. <clears throat> a lot of people remember the Mojo Dog. Uh, Mr. Robert Raxer was hunting him. I was fortunate enough to be the final judge on both of his super stake wins. Uh, and that was probably impressive to me, uh, doing the back-to-back -back wins with him. That is awesome. That is awesome. They said that was one impressive dog, and just from, from a one-year-old all the way until Scott put him in the pen, they said he was super impressed. I've never, I never got to hunt with him. He was before my time, but they said he really showed out. Uh, I, I've heard that Rogerdale got to hunt with him. I remember him telling me, I asked him about him, and he got to hunt with him, said he's nice. Now, I got to hunt with Mason and uh, on down the line there, but uh, I know he had to be. Well, Dal, uh, there you are judging some of the biggest cast. Who inspired you or taught you how to judge and how to handle people? I mean, I think that being able to uh, be a top judge, you uh, the word handle's not good, but uh, be a judge, be a strict judge, but yet uh, 
still enjoy the sport. Who taught you how to do that, Dow? Probably the best teacher that I've had, and it, you know everybody knows him well, was Mr. Roy Tramble. Uh, awesome man in our sport. Mr. Roy and his wife would take you in just like you was their own. You know, they was sold to the earth people. Anybody that was back in the day, PKC, it was Mr. Roy Tramble. Uh, there was a lot of good judges back then. Eddie will remember Mr. Pete Holt. Absolutely. Was one of the top judges out there. Uh, I always listened to what he had to say. Uh, there, there was a lot of them back in the day, you know, uh, that came before us that kind of taught us, you know, right from wrong. Uh, my brother was a good fair judge. A lot of people liked him, you know. So, but I'd say the biggest influence on me was Mr. Roy Tremble. I think uh, a lot of us, when we got to go see Mr. Roy, the way he'd done it and be in the woods with him, I think we took it home and we did our best to, uh, by no means could we be a Roy Tremble, but we, we took home what we saw and learned and tried to pass it on. And I think that's Mr. Roy. Uh, I always told Mr. Roy, I said, and surely he didn't need my assistance. But at a world championship, uh, there's no telling how many times somebody would say Mr. Roy, Mr. Roy, day, night. And he might make a thousand decisions every now and then. He'd say, boy, I made a bad one. I said, Mr. Roy, a man make a thousand decisions and only get one or two of them wrong. Hey, you deserve a plaque or a trophy. That's awesome. But he, he was the real deal. Absolutely. How we, uh, uh, I know you come down in uh, south and uh, come down that way a little bit and hunt. You come down and hunt with the old two-time world champion, David Luckett, and you've told me some stories that, of course, we got Luckett stories to share for a while. We could do a podcast on Luckett stories. And he's, he's told Tyler he's going to do one, uh, even though Luckett's retired, when he's not busy. So, uh, uh, if you don't mind, this is one of my favorite stories is, uh, when you're hunting down there in the summer and, uh, the alligator. Well, actually it was the winter time and it, it, it was supposed to be cold enough that the gators wouldn't be out. It had actually got down into the twenties and Luckett said, gators ain't out. Me and David Luckett have been friends for more years than I can remember. Uh, he's always been a good friend. Uh, would help give me the shirt off his back, vice versa. But I was down there, actually the dog that we had just placed uh, in the top six of the world hunt, and Luckett was gonna sell him to me, and I, I actually bought him that day, and we went hunting that night. And uh, we split treed, we was on the river, uh, and Luckett had went to his dog, and I had went to mine, and mine was out on a big cypress tree out in the river. So I walked out there and got him and brought him back and shot the coon out. And just as the coon was coming out of the tree, a gator come out of the water and grabbed him before I could even see what happened. And I'm standing there with my mouth wide open and Luckett's on the other side of the bank yelling, gator, gator. I ain't gonna tell you what I said, but <laughs> I got out of there in a hurry. <laughs> I remember asking you about the story because I love to hear the story. And I said, Dal, how long was he? How big was he? And I remember Dal telling me, and I didn't have time to put a tape measure on him, but he looked pretty big from where I was at. <laughs> Dal said he was just about ready to pick that coon up, and that uh, gator beat him, beat him to the to the coon. That was, that's pretty serious. Uh I got another story you got to tell. Uh, Dal was down there this time with uh, Luckett 
being a cowboy and uh, the water was up high and uh, Luckett and the horse uh, story. Yeah, we, we was in a lot of water that night. Of course, we always ride horses when we're down there. Uh, Luckett's a cowboy. The rest of us are just wannabes. <laughs> is what it boils down to and we got in some pretty deep water and of course Luckett was in front like he always is leading the pack uh that's one thing about Luckett you'll know he always wants to be first in everything he does and Eddie knows that uh but we got into some deep water and all of a sudden I look and the horse and Luckett are completely under and all you can see is Luckett's hat and Luckett bails off of him and the horse finally crawls I thought they was going under completely uh the horse come up the other side of the bank and here come Luckett out he jumps on his back and takes off for his dog and I uh, was on the other side and I said I believe I'll just go to the road and see you when you get there <laughs> <laughs> he's wide open I'm telling you what he has not got the memo that he's uh, uh in the 60s I'll just say that he hadn't got that memo because he ain't got an ounce of quit in him that's for sure and you've had quite a few real good dogs over the years to tell us a couple that that really stand out I know you had uh Melvin and you talked about a couple more a while ago. Tell me some that's really stood out, and just tell me, tell us a little bit more about them. Well, Melvin will always be the most special, probably, uh, because basically I got him when he was real young. Uh, the people we got him off of said he was worthless. Uh, you know, one over fifty some thousand dollars with him, so. That one was probably more special. Uh, awesome Annie was another one that will always be in my heart. Ronnie Bone won the world hunt with him or with her, I believe, in 1993 or 94, if I'm not mistaken. The year it snowed in Kentucky. Right, the year it snowed in Kentucky, uh, and I got her right after that. Uh, another good friend of, of mine was Dave Juvers. Uh, we had a lot of tough times over the years, don't get me wrong. Days passed on now, miss him every day. Uh, but. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkeys Outdoors, houndsmen helping houndsmen. Thanks to Dave, I got to keep her for several, several years in Hunter. Uh, and I believe Dave and Russ owned her the same, you know, together. I want to hold you up right there. I remember when Dal had uh, Annie, and they drove about 10 hours south down there where I live, and uh, it's kind of thick down there. And <laughs> Dal learned a little bit about hunting in the south and uh, about gator trails. Dal, tell him a little bit about that story. I went down there with a good friend of mine, uh, Jack Tackett. He's passed on. Some people remember old Jack. Uh I was asked to bring Annie down there as a guest hunter. Mr. Jarvis asked if we would come down. Uh, 
I believe there was a thousand dollar added, I believe is mm -hmm. what it was. Yes. Well, we draw out and I draw a place called uh, Big Biloxi. And I, I didn't know what it was. I quickly found out what it was. <laughs> I meant uh, the hunting down there is, you could take our worst hunting. <laughs> And it's, it still don't compare to down there. <laughs> and I finally got down on my hands and knees and found a good, clean path to go down. And the guide in the cast said, buddy, that's not a path, that's a gator trail. <laughs> so I said, I believe it's time me and uh, Miss Annie get our hind ends out of here. <laughs> I never will forget that. That was, a, that was a fun time. And Dal come down there, and he did good. And uh, it was a drawing card. I mean, anytime you showed up with a world champion back down there, and a, uh, it was a big deal. And to this day, we still uh, appreciate you doing that. Really do. It was an honor to, to be able to come down there. I can remember, like I said, Jack Taggart went with me. Uh, the money that got advertised didn't get put out. I don't even remember what the details was. Uh, and Jack was a wild card, and he got in the final four. And I'll never forget that. He came in and started to say something about the money. And Mr. Jarvis looked at him. He said, big country, if you want your picture took, you go get your dog. <laughs> that and was out, the end out of the it. door he went, and he got his dog and come back in. Uh, that, that was the end of it. I, I remember that. Uh, looking back a little further, too, what about you and Vogel? I know I know, y'all became friends, and you hunted dogs for him. And right. I, I worked for Rick for a few years. Uh, I own a, a heating and air company. Uh and Rick got me in the business, actually. Uh, I worked in a factory for 20-some years, uh, got, a ch got a chance to get a buyout and go to school. I went to school for heating and air, and then I went to work for Rick Vogel for a few years. Uh, Rick helped me start my business down here, and then he backed out, and I bought him out, and we, you know. Uh, but yeah, me and Rick's been friends for many years. Rick's had some good dogs over the years. All right, I want I want to uh, switch gears as I call it or change gears a little bit about you and the dogs, Dal. Uh, a lot of different people have ideas, but like when you get a young dog, do you let that dude uh, run junk for a while, or do you stop that dog from running junk as soon as possible? A lot of it depends on the dog, I guess you would say. I know. Years ago, I used to let them run anything and everything until they got a little bit older. Uh, nowadays, we hunt pups at a lot younger age than we did back then. I guess I should, I should back up and say that. Uh, you know that, Eddie, back in the day, uh, a two-year-old dog was, a lot of times, wasn't even hunted yet. You know, everybody was looking for the old seasoned veteran coon dogs is what they was looking for. But nowadays, there's so many programs for pups. And I'll just be honest with you, a lot of pups have been earned in my book because they've been hunted too young. And the time they get older, they're burnt out. Uh, what about a handle on a dog, Dal? Is that important to you, not important to you? Or, or uh, what's your thoughts on that? Of course, like you, Eddie, I'm getting a little long in the tooth now, so a handle is an absolute necessity. Uh, when I was younger, it didn't bother me quite as bad, but as a general rule, I've always had a handle on a dog. 
And if a dog's got any kind of ability and smarts at all, it's not hard to put one on one. You do it in the yard now? And most of it's done in the yard, yep. Most of it's done at home and before you ever go to the woods. All right. Uh, do you like a cold-nosed dog, medium-nosed dog, or hot-nosed dog now? What, what's your preference now? As far as the hunting portion and the hunts go, I've always had a preference to a hot-nosed type dog. Uh, I want a dog that's going to either just come treed. Uh, I don't want a dog beating around on an old cold track out there. Now, if I'm out there just pleasure hunting, good, good cool night in the fall, I don't mind seeing a dog run a track. But as a general rule, I want a dog to get treed. I'm not too worried about the tracking. What about uh, where you at now? Uh, would you like to find a real good young dog, or would you like to find a real good settled dog? I've always said I want, uh, you know, uh, of course all of us do when we get older. We look back at those in the past, you know. Uh, I always said I'd like to have one more Melvin before I die, you know, or before I hang it up. Whether I'll get it, probably not, because they don't make them like they used to. I mean, it's, you know, it's an argument. Are those in the past better or those in the future better, you know? And it's it's everybody's preference. Uh, you know, David Luckett will tell you the same thing, you know. You know as well as I do, Eddie. Oh, here's old Duke, old Duke. Oh, absolutely. And old Duke was one of the best ones. Absolutely. But we've all got that one in the past, you know. Sure. Uh, not was, not to change subjects, but I walked in the door the other day, and Mr. Joe Whitaker mm -hmm. was out here talking, and he was talking about Obama. And just jokingly, I said, just a minute, Joe, and I'll go get the shovel, and we'll go start digging <laughs> them old suckers up. And he went to laughing. But it's, it's just funny how we all reminisce about the old ones, you know, that we remember. Oh, yeah. I, I, when you say Duke, uh, Luckett allowed me to hunt old Duke some, and I'm telling you, he was a, a dog that would treat a layup in a heartbeat. That, to me, that was his specialty. Uh, he was a real layup dog. Now, where's the layup dogs gone? It's, it seems like it's a thing of the past. I, I'll agree with you. I don't know. It's, we bred it out of them is what, what it looks to me like, you know. Uh, it's it's in the breeding, but to me, it's been bred out of, out of the dogs. Yeah. Uh, I, it, uh, you know, it's kind of like Bigfoot. You read about them, you hear about them, but boy, if you get to see one, you know, uh, a sure enough consistent layup dog. There, there are not many of them. No, there's there's not. Do you have any dogs right now, David? Are you hunting? Right yes, now? I've I've got I've still on the wipeout latch dog that Shane hunted for me. Uh, Cody Blankenship will be hunting him in the world hunt this week. Well, let me ask you a tough one. Uh, I like asking this question. If competition hunting ended today, would you still be a coon hunter, Dale? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in your blood. Uh, it's something you can't give up. I, I remember... Amy asked me a similar question after I won the truck, you know, and she said, when do, you, when do you think you will ever quit hunting? And I said, when they throw the dirt on me. I mean, you know, I, I, you have the will to go whether you can, you know. I've been blessed. Good Lord's blessed me with good health. There's some that ain't, but I'll go as long as I'm able to go. I understand that. Well, 
I got another question. Uh, these youngsters, you uh, you have been in charge of getting the guides for the youth hunt and dealing with uh, that and the joy that comes with uh, youth hunters. But if one come up to you seriously and said, Mr. Dow, I want to be a winner. I want to be a winner like you are. Uh, what do I need to do? I would say the main thing is is find you a good dog, learn that dog. Once you learn that dog, learn the rules. I mean, because the dog is the main thing. You got to have a connection between. I've always been a firm believer that a person and the and the dog had to be in the, on the right connection, on the right page. Absolutely. All right, I got another tough one. Our good friend Tom just walked in. Our buddy. He's the real deal, too. Oh, D yeah. Don't you tell a Tom story. Now, if you do. I've hey, got we're a few Tom stories that I could tell. We're going to have a little trouble. Uh, <laughs> Tom has walked in, so it won't be behind his back. What is your favorite Tom story? Oh, I better not go there. Tom's, Tom's, a, good, Tom's a good guy. Top of the line. I've had a lot of respect for Tom. I don't tell him all the time, but no. I do. That word that we talked about, honesty and fairness, and uh, people look up to him. There's a reason. Oh, yeah. There's a reason. He's one of the chosen ones. All right, here comes one that, uh, why Tom's standing here. If you were in charge of the PKC rules, you didn't have to vote on nothing. You didn't have to call nobody. David Dow says, what rule are we going to change? What rule are we going to add, Dow? I will have to do some thinking on that, Eddie. I'll be just quite honest with you. I meant that, that one kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> off guard. Uh, we've had a good set of rules. PKC has had the best set of rules, in my opinion. You know, I was on the rules committee for years and a director for, for many a year back in the day when we all used to meet at Aurora. You'll remember that. Absolutely. Uh, down there at the restaurant. Uh, but PKC's always had a good set of rules. Most of them I ever never agreed on changing, but you know, it's a way of life. We just have to deal with it. And my memory sometimes ain't the, what it should be, but when we interviewed Kevin Cable, I believe Kevin told uh, me and Tyler when I asked him that question, he said, Ed, I, and I, I hope I'm right, but he said, I would say go back to the old rules uh, that we had years ago. Uh, not the last two or three or four years. Get that blue book out, and that's what we go by. Right. And I thought about that. I said, man, I, I, I believe that's the answer, you know, for us old-timers anyhow. Right. Well, like I said, we've always had a good set of rules. Uh, everybody want, It seems to me like everybody wants to change it to suit the style of dog that they're hunting. And we've always... Everybody's hunted a different style of dog for years, and we've went by the rules that we've had. So, in my opinion, just leave them the way they were and, and be done with it. Because whether it be the time, amount of time we can hunt, uh, the rules, people are going to breed to fit the rules. I, I believe a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, the Colno dogs that we used to love. Right. Uh, if it takes a dog now, uh, hour and 15 minutes to tree his coon, he's it may be the best you ever had, but he won't work today. And I think a lot of times, uh, as the rules change, what people's breeding for and looking for changes also. And a lot of it is a lot of people don't know the rules. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to, you know. Uh, 
you get a lot of different type of hunters now that don't know the rules like they used to, you know. But back when we was growing up, you, you learned the rules in a hurry or you were gonna be took advantage of. You know that as well sure. as I do, Ed. Sure. Uh, and there was a lot of older folks that taught us the rules, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know. Uh, I can remember Mr. Tam Young always saying, you know, be firm and fair, you know. And and there's something about a rule you learn firsthand compared to one you read about, too. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's rules I've learned firsthand that uh, kind of took you out of a picture I, or something. I learned a lot of those rules <laughs> firsthand from people like Junior and Doug Jackson and some of those guys, you know, they were... You would learn them in a hurry. Me and me and Mason was talking about what an opportunity if uh, we've talked about Barry and uh, Mason going up there to Doug's house. And I told him, I said, now, I, I definitely don't know this, but if you could get Doug to do one and y'all went up there and Barry was with you, I said, there's a possibility Junior would come over there. Could that you imagine? Would be, that would be a good one right there because them... Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. Their difference in daylight and dark, Doug yeah. and Junior. I know I'm not very uh, uh, good on a computer, uh, and I got a lot of older friends, but I am satisfied if Junior and Doug Jackson did a podcast, they would be people calling their grandsons, granddaughters, and whoever they knew to come over there and tune me in. I want to hear this. I believe that. Oh, yeah. And if Mason and Barry can get up there and do that, uh, man I, I i can't wait to hear oh yeah which I believe we, that we've seen be. it we've seen it firsthand right but uh they are they love each other uh, and they're red alerts uh somebody was talking about junior intimidated on billy bell i said well you can believe one thing he may intimidated you and me at times but he never intimidated douglas jackson oh no <laughs> I think that'd be a grand slam. I, I hope we can make it happen. <laughs> I had a lot of respect for both of them. Absolutely. With both of them many a time. In fact, back in the day, uh, you know, I believe, wasn't it, Roger Dale bought Jukebox off, oh, yeah. off, of, off of Junior? Oh, yeah, Junior uh, was done with him. And I that's watched. back when even Roger Dale even hunted. Oh, and, You know, yeah. I even hunted with Roger Dale back in the day, so... Yeah, Junior uh, got second in the uh, Super Stakes and third in the world all in one week with Box. I remember that little Box, and uh, he done something that made Junior mad. And uh, Junior was uh, upset at him, and Roger Dale bought him walking out of the woods. I believe that, if I'm not mistaken, that was at the Futurity in Albion, Illinois. It was because I got to hunt him the next round and won the cast with him. Uh, we advanced a little further with him, and he was a tree dog. When tree dogs get together, he could go. But i tell you something about Junior. 
everybody's got a Junior Jackson story. And this is your story, Dal, but I, I just wanted to say it. We can take it out if it needs be. Uh, when we were blessed to win the World Hunt, Junior was in the final cast, and we got time to go back to the fairgrounds. We didn't have telephones or nothing like that. And Junior said, Ed, uh, I ain't much on going back. I said, Junior, I said, uh, uh, this means a lot to me ever since I was a little boy. I thought about hoping to win one of these. And uh, he really didn't want to go back. And uh, when it got time to turn right or left, Junior come on in and walk through the door with me. And uh, to me, uh, that was a, a big deal for Junior Jackson to come walk through the door with me on the final cast of the world. Oh, yeah. You know, Junior, so, Junior he, if you knew Junior, Junior was a competitor. Once that hunt was over with, Junior was a totally different guy. He intimidated a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. He really did. The long hair, the rough attitude. But Junior had a heart of gold, too. Absolutely. You could call either one, Doug or Junior, uh, and tell them you needed them. They'd be on your guarantee, own way. Guarantee they would. But, uh, Mason, I hope you get that done, buddy. I hope so, too. I think it'll be a grand slam. But, um, it's oh. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. I don't think I'd ever top it if I could get it done, so I'd probably have to quit afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we talked about, if you can get uh, Clay, and uh, I call him Pard, called him Pard a long time, but if you could get that done. Uh, oh, that would I, definitely I think, be good, I think too. I've been talking to Clay. You know, he lives right there close to me, so I think before long we'll, we'll better get it done. I think I'm, I'm going to get Barry in on it, too. It'd be Barry, Absolutely. Clay, and Tam all. Mr. Creasy, Mr. Mike. Uh, Mike, don't, uh, Mr. Creasy and Mike, as I say, uh, as we talked about Mike earlier, you know, he won the first youth, first youth world championship. But I remember Mr. Mack with Crack and Tom, a black and tan, that, and Mr. Hoss Gaines. If you could set those guys down and record that history before it gets away, mm -hmm. that would be I awesome. I talked to him Friday when he was up here speaking. He said he'd sit down with me here pretty right, soon. Right, and, and Mike and even it. talked about how the uh, – Tom showed Snake and them how to treat him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, old Snake, uh, I got to watch him uh, the year he got uh, second in the world hunt. Boy, Yant, me and Yant took a, a pounding. Uh, Steve Yant, he was hunting a good dog. I was hunting what I thought was a good dog. And Snake treated four coons layups right around the field. He had 800-plus. And uh, we said, please don't turn him loose no more. <laughs> don't turn him loose no more. So I don't know. Well, Dal, kind of moving up to now, uh, your business, uh, DNR Heating Cooling, have you got it where you can step away a little bit? I know this is, how many years is this, Dal? Uh, we're going in business on 25 years. And actually, for stepping away, Eddie, it's, We've got more business now than we've ever had. Uh, you would think once you get a little older, you could start slowing down, but I guess I'm kind of like our friend David Luckett. You know, I'm just going to keep working. So I enjoy working, love working. Uh, we do take a little time out and go, you know, traveling, go overseas and stuff, but but it, it, it will probably be a while before I step away. Sure. I know that uh, one day I'm talking to you in an attic, and another day you got a helicopter doing a lift on top of a roof. So I'd say you do small and large 
anytime you get a helicopter involved, I'm pretty sure that's large. And you do industrial and uh, homes also, right? You just do it right, all. We do commercial and, and residential both. So we we stay plenty busy. Absolutely. And Mary, she act like she was retired, but I know that, uh, you know, Mary's been with you all these years, whether it be the dogs or the hunting. She's uh, You're blessed to have Mary. She loves you and uh, she's in whatever you the decision you decide to go i know that you know mary's with you we we started from nothing uh like i said rick vogel helped us out to get her get our business our started you know uh like any business we struggle for years struggle badly uh the first truck i won in 08 we didn't have enough gas money to get home that that's serious but i think times like that bonds people stronger you know and uh there's a big difference between somebody just giving you something and you earning it whether it be a rule or our life or a business or something like that i think working for it you know uh, is a big part of it i've I'm going to say a little more than I probably should, but I never will forget a young friend of mine in Alabama, little Charles, we're we're going hunting with Chico Yates, and a boy pulls up to the stop sign. He burns the tires down on that truck, fishtails, and I mean smoke everywhere, and little Charles said, Miss Daddy. I said, yeah. He said his mom and daddy bought him them tires. He said if he'd have bought them, uh, he would have looked right, he'd have looked left, and he eased out of there. And that's you started from the bottom, right. you and Mary, right. and now look where y'all at. That's oh yeah, we're we're fortunate. The good Lord's blessed us. Absolutely. Uh, you know we have a major company now that we're proud of, but we built it from nothing. So. Yeah, and I tell you one of the things that sticks out in my mind about you, Dal, is a long time ago when the youth hunt was a uh, come up and hunt one night, and if you got in good, and if you didn't, you've had a good time, and there was some discussion about let's add a night. Let's add one more night. Well, that's going to be more of this and more guides and a lot of stuff. And best of my memory, you said, hey, we got this, the kids. Let's give them another night up here to hunt and try to qualify. And I've never I've never forgot about that, Dal. And that's a, a, on the list of your accomplishments. And I know, I know you have a lot of help. Travis helps you, uh, Vern and Clayton and uh, Shane, and I'm forgetting 20. But... Uh, Y'all do well. It takes a lot of people to, to put this on. You know that. Uh, your outlying clubs, like you said, there's too many to mention, but we couldn't do it without them. Uh, it, it's just, it's a long, long week. Uh, I'm glad they're split up now. You'll remember back in the day, Eddie, when we had it, Super Stakes and World all wrapped up into one. Same thing. We had 14 days of, of grind. I mean, uh, I couldn't do it no more. If that was the case, I couldn't do it, and I don't believe many could. Sure. I mean, and it wears people out. Right. You know, when we leave home, I always remember, like, whether it be Jerry Moe sitting over there. I was on vacation, and everybody around the country was on vacation, and Jerry was working, you know. And uh, it's just amazing that people can stay sharp, you know, could stay sharp that long and stuff like that because – Everybody knows people get tired, stuff like that. I come up uh, for the youth hunt. I guess it was on Thursday. I hunted. I walked on every round and, and done a little extra hunting too. And 
I know uh, yesterday morning I was I was wore out and the, the big world hadn't even started yet. So sure. I got I got a long long week ahead of me. Absolutely, it's a uh, it's a red alert. It's not a drill. I'm telling you right no, now. No, it's it's a marathon. It's you know it's it's grueling on everyone involved. It's it's just not you know one person it's it's grueling on everybody sure and i've seen you deal with uh unhappy landowners uh when they got here they'd be unhappy and by no means are you like mr roy but i'll say this you were listening and paying attention when mr roy the best i'd ever seen it uh dealing with a situation like that he could take somebody that was bad fired up and uh, they was eating pie and uh, drinking coffee with him before they left and I've seen you have that same thing uh, not like Mr. Roy but you were listening and paying attention and learned how to do it that's that's pretty well simple. I learned from the chief too you know, oh, that, you know as well as I do that Jarvis was a competitor he had visions he could you could get in an argument with Jarvis nose to nose I've been there He's, he was one of my best friends, you know, same as yours. Sure. But at the end of the day, he'd shake your hand, you'd go out to eat. It didn't matter. Jarvis didn't hold grudges. It, it was all competition to him. And once that was over, he was friends. Yeah. I mean, what what can we say about it? We've sat around here and talked about Mike Creasy winning the, uh, the first Youth World Championship. Him and Mr. Russ put that together, uh, talking about uh, Taylor's vision. I mean, his vision was so far ahead of everyone else's for this world hunt. And, I mean, I, I thought about it at the Jarvis Humpers Memorial. You know, he was years ahead of everybody else. Uh, me and Dow laughed a minute ago. They brought Tater's chair up here, and uh, it was over there in his spot. And I told Dow, I said, I don't believe the Tater would mind a bit if I sat in his chair to do a podcast with Dow. And we laughed. But uh, I talked to Miss Umpers uh, two days ago. She still kind of uh, held up a little bit from her travels. But I would say, good Lord willing, next year Miss Umpers will be here. Well, I hope so, because she's she was a, a big big part of of the chief's accomplishments. She was right there by his side. We both know that. Uh, she was always there to make sure he was took care of. Absolutely, and you know, I I've told people. I said, uh, Miss Umpers, she could uh, walk behind the tater. She's walked in front of him, but most of the time she was walking beside him on everything they done. And now I wasn't here for the youth. I missed it this year, but uh, I know there was a Jarvis Umper Sportsmanship Award given, and I uh, I think that's just awesome. Dal, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, they give it away. I believe uh, I believe they give a first place and then a runner-up. Yeah, I knew it was two or three. Right. I know they give two or three diff different ones. Uh, and the kids, you could tell the it meant a lot to the kids. The kids were honored to get it, uh, just what it meant to them, you know. And in the later years, it'll mean more than what it does now too you know oh yeah i i don't know who uh got the first uh deal the uh or the runner-ups but i know this my little hunting buddy uh fisher ladner down home that means so much to us he come up here and he judged three nights as a youth he judged three nights didn't have any questions or any problems and he was involved in receiving a 
part of that uh, sportsmanship award. And I'm telling you what, it lit young and old up down there in our country. That's I mean, awesome. we're, we're kind of attached to fish and uh, that it, it's amazing how these young kids, just like we talked about the honesty, the fairness uh, you got to have that to start with. And uh, that's been kind of put in fish. Uh, his grandpa's grandma's and his daddy and mama and you can see it so we're we kind of proud of the fish down there i was on a cast with one and she, she's down from your way tyler talked about him, uh, tim atkins daughter oh Leah. That, that little girl is is precious and she she done a real good job handling that dog uh, I, I wish i'd remembered they were doing it. I, I, Tilly's her name, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Because we had her say "strike and treat Tilly" on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little bitty thing. She held her own with them boys. I, I I was proud of her. Another one that really stood out to me was Evan Ross. That's that's a good kid too. Top of the line boy too. He's mm-hmm. hunting junior. Absolutely. He come down to our youth hunt and helped us. And Leah was at our youth hunt and won. And uh, I was typing with her dad while she was up here. We're, we're just as proud as we can be of Leah, too. She's awesome. And Evan, uh, Evan, uh, he's well on his way to uh, uh, advancing out of the youth program. I know he's young, but I wouldn't be surprised a bit if Evan doesn't win a world championship pretty yep. soon. He's a smart kid. He's uh, very respectful. And uh, he's, a, he's a good handler, too. So. Yeah. When he showed up at our youth hunt, he said, Ed, that Mr. Ed, he says, anything I can do to help you? I said, boy, I'm glad you asked. Let me put you to work. But he's one of them kind. Dale, did you ever think that uh, the friends, the family, the this coon hunting family we were in, did you did you have a clue back when you first started what it was like? Or, I mean, tell me about that, Dale. No, not really, Ed. You, you know, uh, when you first get into it, you're young, gun ho. Uh, you ain't worried about the friendships, I guess, that much when when that goes on. And then the later years, you know, then you learn what it's all about. Uh, like I said, there's so many friends that I have met through this coon hunting organization that it's unreal, you know. Uh, good friend of yours, Mr. Chico Yates, you know. Absolutely. Salt of the earth. Uh, the one from Tennessee, I believe he just passed away this year, Mr. Kyle Chase. Kyle Chase. He helped train Junior and Doug. Was one of the sweetest men. Yep. I, I will never forget the first time I judged him. He was hunting old dot, and he, this man walked up behind him, just a quiet, sweet old man with a gray beard, walked up behind me and put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, Honey, just go ahead and tree old dot in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. Yep. Uh, but I've met so many friends down through the years, you know, Mr. Tam Young, uh, a lot of the older, Mr. J.C. Ellis. Oh, yeah. He would sit and talk to you for hours. Uh, we was talking earlier about, you know, Mr. Chip Kosher and his dad, Russ. Oh, you yeah. You know, they was always there anytime you needed anything. Mr. Basil. Oh, I'll yeah. never forget the days talking to talking to him and i know he was one of your closest absolutely i love basil and we were best friends and i as you was talking to that i was thinking of what basil told me i've, I've told this story before but it means a lot to me when i told basil one time i come in i said i saw him the next day i said basil i said uh, i almost called you last night i said i was in a bind but i was a pretty good ways from here and it was late and he stopped me and he put that old crooked finger up pretty close to my nose he said boy if you ever need me 
Don't you look at a clock, a calendar, or a map. You call me. Do you understand me? I said, I sure do, Bill. And, I mean, there's a lot of people in this sport. You don't look at a clock, a calendar, or a map. You need them. You call them. We've been blessed to be involved with a family like that. Oh, yeah. Just like you just said with uh, with Vogel and where he's he's helped you throughout the years, and I, I think another day is um, every aspect of my life where I'm at now is because of a coon hunter. Every job I've ever had, uh, and I grew up in Alabama. I live in West Tennessee now, and that had something to do with a, a coon hunter friend. And every aspect of my life has something to do with with coon with a friend that I've made through coon hunting. So it's. I really appreciate the, the friendships I've made throughout the years, and it's, I think it's, it's been one of the best things that could ever happen to me. I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm sure it is. But, sure. Oh, yeah. But it's absolutely the best thing that ever could have happened to me, these old dogs. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like there's probably nowhere I could go in the U.S. that I couldn't call somebody. Sure. That, you know, you've been acquainted with through coon hunting that wouldn't come and help you. Sure. You know, Grant Black told me a story uh, years ago that his daughter was going on a trip with some more girls she was attending school with, and they were going to go hours away from home, uh, days and stuff. And uh, he told her, he said, "Babe, said uh, send me a." a run of what states y'all going through what highways y'all going to go through she uh did that brought it to him and the next day he wrote one hour apart several places if you have a flat tire if you have any trouble this is a friend i've met in coon hunting and you call this number and they'll be there and that that was a pretty powerful statement true mm-hmm. i mean grant black was uh to get one of the main guide getters there in Aurora for years and years. Hall of Fame, you know, we loved him to death. I always think about Sanderson and Clark and Bone and Dave Roberts. And when you walk through that door up there, you know, there sat Herschel and over there in uh, Basil's booth. Oh, yeah. Mr. Buddy Gilbert. Mr. Buddy Gilbert, uh, J.C. Ellis, Mr. J.C. Ellis. Uh, I mean, just on and on. It was a grand, the tennis center was a grand place. I wish we had a building just like it here. I, well, I, I do too. And I just want to clear the air on when it first came up here, there was a lot of animosity between us and the Kentucky people. But I want them to know that we did not steal this. It was brought because of the ice storm. Sure. I was at every, I've been to every world hunt. Since I started coon hunting, I've been to every trail hunt, you know. Uh, I loved being in Roar this time of year. Sure. I did. It was my favorite time of year. Loved being in that building down there. It, it was grand, you know. Uh, but we was dealt with the situation, and we had to figure out sure. how to deal with and it. And didn't have much time. And didn't have much learn. time to do it. And we throwed this all together, really, in a pretty quick amount of time. Absolutely. We were talking about judges, good judges a while ago. Do y'all remember Tim Rouse? Oh, yeah. Tim was man. Tim was one of the top of the line judges out there. And that, when you get older like us, you forget. But like I said, Mr. Pete Holt, Tim Rouse, uh, Jerry Yates, Jerry Yates, Tim, Jerry Yates was one of the best too. You know, Tim Rouse. Uh, I guess uh, he was the one that uh, I took my notes home from, too, also along with Mr. Roy and people like that. But I had a guy tell me one time that didn't know Tim Rouse. 
never been judged by him. He said, yeah, I hear Tim's a good guy, but he's a little prejudiced toward a walker dog. Tim did like walker dogs. He was a coon hunter. Oh, yeah. I said, well, bud, I'll be honest with you. I got to stop you right there. I said, uh, I've been hunting uh, with Tim Rouse and judged by him a many a night, and I was hunting a blue tick. I said, I don't think I ever won a time that I shouldn't have, and I don't think I ever lost a time I shouldn't have. I said, he's one of the most honest and uh, professional people I know. I said, not only is my friend, uh, he's my friend, but when that clock ticks, he's the judge. I said, no. But uh, Tim, he had that thing that Dow talked about, the it, Mr. Jerry Yates, same way. I mean, they were just, they they were, uh, I think, the foundation, like Mr. Roy and Jarvis. You know, they were the foundation of, of how PKC works today. Oh, they took pride in what they did. You know, they took pride in judging. I mean, that's, it was a big accomplishment to them. Sure. And I think, personally, that one of the things that I wish would be added back to PKC that them guys had, uh, when somebody had a question or a thought or a problem, they expressed it to them, I've got a question. And they would either answer it or say, you've got a question, we'll take it back in. But anything else to go with that, you'd be waiting in the truck. That's right. You'd yep. be waiting in the truck. And I personally believe that uh, I wish we could get that back. Yeah, it's – I haven't hunted in the hunts for a few years, uh, you know, uh, because of business and being so busy and stuff. Sure. But the last ones that I was hunting in – and really kind of broke my spirit on some hunts was the lack of respect that the older hunters are getting right now. Uh, I know it's a generation thing, you know, uh, but a lot of it wouldn't be tolerated back when we were growing up. Oh, no, not for a second. But speaking of that, uh, I mean, you've seen your citizens now hunting. And I am uh, just so glad that PKC allowed that, and I'm looking forward to it. I know last year I hunted in the seniors. Uh, I didn't get no picture took, but, hey, uh, I had good cast. I think the right person won every one of them, uh, and I think I won one cast. And I think every one I lost, uh, the right person won. But I enjoyed it, and I'm glad that y'all did that, Dal. I think it's an awesome thing. I, I have really fought for it for years. And I'm glad they finally decided to implement it, you know. Uh, it, it just means something to the older people to be able to still hunt, you know. Uh, I'm not tooting my own horn, just like the Hall of Fame. I, I come up with that idea, you know, many years ago to come up with it, and then we finally started doing it, you know, because they knew it would mean something to the older people. Oh, absolutely. That, that don't get to participate like they used to, you know, but, but it means something to them. Sure. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a good deal, and I enjoyed the because I'm not as fast as I used to be by no means. You know, uh, I'm blessed though. My hunting buddy's uh, Landon. He's he's 20. I think Tyler's 31. Johnny's about 48. Michael's about 48. I don't even I hadn't even asked luck at and. Uh, Jay, how old they are lately. Uh, but you know you're going to be on a horse with luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, him and Jay, was uh, they've got pretty attached to them uh, four-wheelers, and I went down with them. I've been hunting with them on them side-by-sides, and I'm telling you, that's pretty nice, too. Oh, yeah. A lot safer, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you ride with luck, it, uh, get back with me. That. <laughs> that's about like riding with Barry Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I guess we can start 
winding her down a little bit. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you've got a, a busy day starting starting the world today. But uh, this one question, I know Zach started this, but I, I like to ask it too. Uh, what keeps that fire burning? Uh, these dogs and these hunts, and uh, yeah, after all, so so many years you've been hunting, what what keeps that fire burning to to want to go again? It's to me, it's you know, like like to me, it's it was bred into you. It's what you did. It's all you know to do. Uh, the young dog will put the fire in you. I mean, everybody will tell you that. Yeah, I'm a little more pickier in my later years on what I like because I've had so many good dogs over the years. I've had so many that I can't count. Uh, now, for his top notch, there's been very few. Eddie will tell you that. There's there's going to be those very, very few that stand out in your heart. Uh, but just the hope, I guess, of getting that one young dog again that, that you could take to the top or have a chance to take to the top. The fire still burns in us, just like it does these young guys, but it maybe burns out a little quicker when we're out there walking up and down those hills and stuff like that. But, you know, the desire's still there. Uh, you know, just like our friend David Luckett, he loves to go. You know, physically he's getting to where he can't, but he don't know that yet. So, hey, my hats are off to him, you know. Sure. I've got a good friend in, in Kansas, Mr. Lloyd Wilson. Top of the line. Uh, probably one of the best dog men in the country. You know, he's getting a lot of age on him, Mr. Lloyd is, but he's always there. If I need advice or, you know, to ask him something or, or something like that, he's, he's always there. And was sharp on the rules, too. Oh, yeah, and, he's, and he still loves to hunt. Mr. Lloyd's in his 80s now, but he still goes. Uh, I, I just think that, once, you know, once you've did it, at the pace that we've did it for so many years, the desire is always there, you know. Uh, it's natural ability, or I, I guess I don't know the exact word, but to want to win. Sure. I mean, you're not doing it just to go out here just to be going out there. I know I've heard a lot of people say that over the years, but no, you're out there to win. It's in us to win. It's in us. You know, uh, now you can learn to be a gracious loser, and I did for many, a many year, you know. Uh, I went to every truck hunt there was. Was on almost all the final cast. Crowned many a winner, you know. I can remember when Moose and all those dogs won it. I was there and thinking, man, I'd love to do this someday. Uh, and then my time finally came, you know. It's probably, those two are probably gonna be my world champion. You know, I'll probably never get there. But never know. No, a person never knows. But I'm thankful for every opportunity I've ever had. Sure. Well, you said something a while ago about the shovel and digging up the old ones. Uh, out of all the dogs that you've had or whatever, uh, this week at this world hunt, if in their prime of their life, if you could bring one back for you to try to get that uh, attempt to get that win you're talking about, what dog would it be, Dow? And that's that's going to be another tough one, Eddie, because, you know, it goes back to preference. You know, I've, I've had so many good ones over the years, you know, good ones, but everybody's opinion's different. You know, what wins this week ain't going to win next. You know that in this, in this line of work. But I'm still going to go back to Melvin. 
kind of figured you was. <laughs> 16 years. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dal, I want to thank you. Mason, I want to thank you for allowing me to be uh, involved in this. Me and Dal's been buddies a long time, and his wife, Mary, is uh, a blessing to Dal and a lot of people in PKC. I mean, she's been right there with Dal, helping him and everybody. But as we get ready to close, I would uh, I, I just like to remind everybody of something I have to remind myself of real regular. And that's Almighty God loves us, each one of us. We're his most prized possession. And God wants to have a relationship with us, a day-by-day talk to him. He's allowed us his word written in the Bible for us to read. He tells us how to get along with people and, and how to live the way he wants us to live. He's given us prayer. Uh, we can pray to him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can talk to God. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to uh, pay the price for all our sins. I mean, all our sins. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. God loves us. And uh, his son died to pay a pardon, to pay the price for those sins and offer us a pardon for salvation, to know that our sins have been forgiven and to know our futures in heaven. What an amazing God. He loves us. And uh, if, if you talk to yourself, uh, find out, have you talked to Jesus about forgiving you of your sins? Uh, do you know that your future is in heaven for eternity? Uh, talk with God about that. And uh, I think it's the most important uh, thing a person can do in this life. So I guess that's about it for me. And I know uh, thank you gets thrown around a lot, and, but I truly, uh, Mason, I thank you. Dal, I thank you. I thank both of y'all as well. It's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you coming on here and helping me. You've been a, a big help on this one. Um, y'all are a lot closer than, uh, than I am. But and I, I appreciate you, David, especially kind of last minute making it happen. So, so I, I really appreciate both of y'all. Thank you. Well, is there any, anything else you'd like to say, David, before we sign off? Just, it's, it's been a... It's been a wonderful ride. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the ride's not over. A person never knows, you know. Like Eddie said, it's up to the good Lord. So, until that time comes, saddle up and let's roll. <laughs> really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light best customer service in the business man their walking light and double red is the brightest i've ever seen use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com you can find the link in the description box below this coon hunting university is a product of audio hound productions until next time y'all have a wonderful day